Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Tyler Margolis, who's the Assistant Director for Regional Enrollment covering the Northeast region of the United States from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Tyler, so great to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing well, John. Hope you're doing well on the first day of July. I know that we are at the beginning of summer and uh, we have a lot of interested you know, students and parents that are probably on the other end of this podcast. So I'm uh, really excited to talk to them about Miami and the admissions process. Well, we can't wait to hear all about it. And we're definitely very excited as you're right. Here we are in the heart of the summer. So thank you so much. And Tyler, let's get right to it. Tell us about yourself. How long have you been an admissions counselor and how did you end up in such a position? Absolutely. So I have been working in admissions for three years, started at a small liberal arts school uh, up in Riverdale, uh, New York, which is about 12 miles north of Manhattan called the College of Mount St. Vincent. Um, where once again, I was I was uh, recruiting students in the New York, uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania area. Um, so I was in that role for about two years. Um, and, uh, you know, I recently started at Miami University uh, in July, actually J- July 1st of 2021. Um, <laughs> interesting enough, my father is an alumni of Miami University. Uh, he is born and raised in uh, Massapequa, New York. So like a lot of students that are probably listening to this podcast, very similar to the experience of starting in in New York and, and ending up in Southwest Ohio. Um, so that was something that naturally drew me to the position. Uh, and you know, I've I've been working uh, at Miami University as I mentioned for about a year, um, where once again I'm recruiting students from New York, New Jersey, as well as Pennsylvania, uh, and I also play a role in uh, application review as well, which I know we'll be talking about uh, throughout this podcast. Well, thank you so much for that intro, Tyler, and I really can't wait to hear all about Miami University. So let me ask you, what is it about Miami, Ohio that makes it appealing for so many students to want to apply, but also attend? Absolutely. So I'll give a little bit of a brief overview, and then I'll talk about the value add that Miami University offers its students and their families. So Miami University is a a public institution located in Oxford, Ohio. Now, I know a lot of students are probably hearing Miami and they may be a little bit confused. 
why you know that why it's in <laughs> Ohio and not uh, not in South Florida. Well, we were named after the Miami tribe. Um, it, you know, that lived in the area. Um, and we've, we've been around for over 200 years now. Um, we are one of the eight original public Ivy League schools. Um, that's, not, that's not a title that we gave ourselves. Uh, an academic researcher by the name of Richard Mott um, toured the countries uh, across the United States in 1984 and was looking to identify schools that provided an Ivy, a Ivy League level experience at a, uh, a public school tuition price. Um, and that's really based on uh, you know, academic criteria, faculty engagement, student activities. Um, and based on that criteria, um, we were named one of the eight original public Ivy League schools. Um, some other institutions are the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, University of Michigan, uh, University of Texas at Austin, uh, University of Vermont, William, William and Mary. So um, we are some of those eight original public Ivy League schools. Now, I think what really makes Miami unique and what draws students from all over the country and all over the world to Miami is is the fact that we offer uh, the resources of a large public school, um, but also the feel of a smaller liberal arts art school. So we are a student body of about 20,000 students, technically a mid-sized school, even though I'm sure there's some, some students around here um, that hear 20,000 and their, their eyes might maybe pop in a bit, but um, rest <laughs> assured, I mean, there are schools of all sizes. Um, and what's really unique about that is, you know, we do offer over 120 different majors, 500 different student clubs and activities, 19 different divisional athletic programs, over 90 different study abroad programs. Um, and while that may seem a little bit overwhelming, a majority of our class sizes are about 30 students. So I always like to talk, you know, kind of talk about the, the fact that you are, I'd say, a, a little bit of a, um, a larger fish and a little bit of a smaller pond, relatively speaking. Um, but at the same time, you have access to all these different resources. Um, and not to mention the town of Oxford, Ohio, which was actually ranked a top 10 college town in the entire country, which is really intertwined with the Miami University campus. Uh, I, always, I always mention that when students are on campus and they're touring, they walk diagonally through our academic quad past the library, and you're right in the heart of uptown Oxford, Ohio, which is your very traditional uh, college town. We will find restaurants, shops, um, outdoor music venues, uh, and you'll find that community is really, you know, embracing of, of, of the university, uh, you know, itself and in our student and faculty community. Well, that's a fantastic introduction. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to hear even more about it. A lot of people, Tyler, they ask about life on campus. So what can you tell us about life on campus at Miami, Ohio? So it is a very tight-knit community. About 95% of our students do live within a one-mile radius of campus. All freshmen are required to live on campus, and I'd say majority of sophomores live on campus as well, um, unless if they're, they're a part of Greek life, um, because we do have a very substantial Greek, uh, you know, a Greek uh, presence um, on campus and off campus as well. Um, but aside from that, as I previously mentioned, we have 500 different student activities, um, whether that is Greek life, whether that's being involved in research, whether that's being part of a, perf you know, a performance art program. Um, we have 74 different fine arts clubs, 34 different media publications. So, you know, there is really something for everyone. And at the same time, your your different interest group or your, your different club is not going to be overwhelming from a, a population standpoint. You know, you really get to make your presence known as soon as your freshman year. I always always talk, I always like to talk to students about um, opportunities for research, for example. And, you know, I think at a lot of public schools, 
they may not have the opportunity to get involved in research, whether that's in the sciences, whether that's in um, you know the arts, business. Um, they may not get those opportunities to, towards later in their you know junior or senior year. However, at Miami, those opportunities are present as soon as you step foot at the door. Um, once again, I think that's really the benefit of a smaller um, classroom environment. Even though I know we're talking about you know uh, you know culture you know culture and activities on campus and student life, um, but we really feel like you know the educational experience isn't contained to just the classroom. And that's not even just talking about, you know, your academic classes. With having so opportunities for so many different student clubs and activities, you're continuing your learning. And whether that's something that you want to do beyond graduation or just something that you're generally interested in. You know, I know we'll talk a little bit more about advice later, but uh, college is really your time for exploration. It's to try things to see, you know, what you like versus what you dislike. Um, you know, not everything is this, you know, long-term investment. Um, you know, in regards to making a decision when you're 18 years old, right? I mean, you may change your major a few times and that's completely okay. I know I did, you know, it's a very, it's a very normal thing. Um, and once again, you know, the fact, the fact of the matter is at Miami University, you have the support system to try out different things, talk with your academic advisor, um, and really, you know, take advantage of this exploratory time in your life where once again, you could find out the different things that um, you know, you're passionate about and, and some of the things that maybe you're not so passionate about. Well, that's a great overview and it truly sounds like there's something for everyone. Tyler, let me ask, how many applications do you review a year and can you walk us through the process of how you evaluate so many applications? Absolutely. So Miami University as a whole reviews over eight or excuse me, over 30,000 applications wow. um, this past year. So which is actually a record high, which is great. Um, me personally, this past calendar year, I've reviewed a little bit over 800 applications and that's both within my territory. So any students here that, you know, are from, you know, from Long Island or, or, you know, different parts of New York, um, or the tri-state area, I will be reviewing your application. Uh, but given the fact that, you know, we are a public school where, you know, in, in Ohio, we obviously receive, receive a number of different applications from the state of Ohio. So I will pitch in, um, to help out with some of those Ohio applications as well. Um, now, in regards to the application review process, some of the things that we're looking at, we are looking at, um, you know, your high school transcript, of course, and we look at a variety of different things. You know, of course, we are going to be looking at your GPA. Um, we do, uh, you know, we look at a, a, your weighted GPA. Uh, and if, you know, your high school doesn't weight your GPA, that's something that, you know, we, we will calculate for you, um, which, you know, works in a lot of students, you know, towards their advantage, which is really great. Um we will also look at um, uh, your student activities, um, and I know I know we're going to touch on each of these different components, but just to kind of give a brief overview, um, you know, I think it's good kind of to, to, to focus on each because I know a lot of parents and or excuse me, a lot of students are creating a lot of um, you know kind of pre checklists in their mind. Um, so on top of that, we're also going to be looking at uh, your college essay, of course. Um, which is once, once again, it's something that I'll provide some advice and, and some recommendations. Um, and then, you know, we do require either, only one teacher recommendation or counselor recommendation. Um, and really what we're looking for there is, you know, we're looking for someone that can, that can really speak to your prowess, not only as a, as a student, but also as an individual and, you know, can speak to maybe some of your ambitions as well. And really what, you know, wh why are you, you know, pursuing higher education? Um, which is once it's something that I'll also talk about the college essay as well. Um, but you know, the, the, the basis of a college application is to get an idea of who you are as a student and as a person. Um, and I think each of those components are something that, you know, 
it, it gives it gives you a little piece of each. And you know, I know that a lot of eager families are probably interested to hear about test optional. Miami University is test optional um, for 2023. Um, so you know, and I know that's once again that's another thing that we're going to talk to a little bit more in detail later in this conversation. But um, for the most part, transcript, student activities. Um, a counselor recommendation, college essay, um, and you know your your your, uh, your test score if you decide to submit it. Um, and last but not least, you know we are um, we're solely on the common application. Um, so those are some of the things that you know that we are looking at. Um, and you know happy to follow up on any of those too because I know I, I provided a checklist, but there are always nuances with with each of those different um, categories, if you will. Well, we appreciate that overview. And like you said, we'll certainly be touching upon each and every one of them. So thank you so much, Tyler. So let me ask you, what are the different ways a student may apply to Miami? And are there any benefits applying one way over the other? Absolutely. So we have a variety of different application deadlines. So we do have an early decision deadline, which is typically um, November 1st. Uh, in students that apply early decision, um, they are sort of the you know the first application pool that we really read and you know what's important to know about early decision applicants is the fact that that is a binding agreement if you are admitted to miami university and you apply early decision that means you are committed to coming to miami um so i always give advice I always, i'm always very transparent about it you know you are you're, you're committing to miami without necessarily seeing a financial aid package um not knowing exactly what that looks like so you know Unless you know that Miami University is 100, percent you know the, the you know the institution that you want to attend, um, you know I always recommend applying by one of our early action deadlines, which we have two. Um, our first early action deadline is uh, you know is also November 1st. So just be sure that when you are applying uh, on the Common application to either select early decision or to select early action one. Um, and then, you know, if you do miss that first early action deadline, um, we do have another early action two deadline, um, which is December 1st. And, you know, some of the different benefits behind those. First off, students that apply either early decision or early action are automatically considered for um, merit scholarship. So that is one of my, you know, biggest sort of, you know, advocations behind applying early action. First off, it's non-binding. So it's not that early decision type of commitment. Um you know, that, that you have. And on top of that, you know, you, you're the first app, you know, you're the first uh, set of applications that we are reviewing, um, almost, you know, setting the standard for, for, if you, you know, if you will. Um, and, you know, that first allotment of, you know, of financial aid and scholarship is reserved for, you know, is reserved for you if you meet those different, um, uh, you know, qualifications. So, um, you know, like I said, if you are not ready to make that early decision commitment, there is no downside to applying um, early action. Um, and only benefits really. Um, if you do miss out on our early act or early decision or early action deadlines, um, we do have a regular decision deadline, which is February first. Um, and that's not to say that if you apply regular decision, you're not going to be considered for um, merit scholarship if you meet the qualifications. Um, it's just you know it's entirely dependent on what's available based on early decision and early you know early action. So. Um, like I said, there is a variety of different ways to apply early action. Hopefully, you know, if students that are listening to this now will be fully prepared and they'll have an idea whether they you know, want to apply early decision or early action. Um, but yeah, there are just so many different ways that you can apply to Miami. And as I mentioned, we're, we're solely on the Common App for first year undergraduate students. 
Well, again, we appreciate the overview and the description of each. Thank you so much, Tyler. And I was curious, what is the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of GPA and any other data that you collect, such as SAT or ACT scores? Absolutely. So the middle 50% range, which what that basically means is 25% of students fall above this GPA range and 25% of students fall beneath this GPA range. So you're really looking at the, 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 the middle 50% uh, in regards to GPA is somewhere between a 3.59 and a 4.18. Um, in regards to um, standardized test scores, if students do indeed submit those, is typically between a 25 and a 31. And for students that submit uh, an SAT score is typically between a 1220 and 1410. So that is the typical academic profile of an admitted Miami student. Um, just in regards to, you know, a breakdown of, of kind of what the student population looks like, um, about 44% of our student body is from the state of Ohio. As I mentioned, we are a public school in Ohio, um, and about 56% are from out of the state of Ohio. So a really nice mix. And while you will be definitely surrounded by a lot of, a lot of great students from Ohio, you are also going to be surrounded by students from all over the country as well and all over the world. So um, it's, a it's a really nice balance. And, you know, those are some of the different things that we're looking for um, in regards to a typical, um, you know, accepted student profile. Understood. And if a student falls a little below that mid 50%, what are some of the things that they can do to enhance their overall application? So one thing that students and families are going to be hearing throughout the application review process is a holistic application review. And what exactly does that mean? So at Miami University, you know, even though we do receive, you know, in excess of 30,000 different applications, we are looking at each different piece. And what that means is, you know, we are, as I mentioned, we're looking at the transcript, we're looking at student activities, we're looking at your college essay to really get an idea of who you, not only who you are, but who you plan on becoming once you do attend Miami University. Um, so one thing that we really like to look at is, for example, student activities, for example. We, I always talk about students that, you know, they really, maybe it's the, the end of their junior, sophomore, junior year, and they feel like they may be a little bit light in extracurricular activities. So they just start participating in everything. They show up for one meeting for a different club, um, just so they can put it on, on the resume. And in a holistic application review, we are really looking beyond that. It's not simply just having 20 different student activities uh, listed on your application. We would much rather see maybe four or five different student activities where you've had a leadership role or you know, you've made an impact in your community. Really what we're looking for is experience that you could speak to. Um, and I think that's something that What's it's something that you discover in college, but something that you can really begin in high school. Um, start participating in things that 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 are of interest to you in regards to your extracurriculars. So, sports are great, but at the same time, there are so many different other ways to get involved, both in your community um, as well as as your high school as well. You know, I think these aren't just things that um, have to happen in, in between school hours. These are things that that happen after school and in and over the weekend and 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 really, like as I mentioned, you know. We, we, we want to see what your passions are. You know, we, we, we sort, we're not meeting in person when we're reviewing your application. We are, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's almost a, you know, it's a few pieces of paper that are kind of painting a picture of who you are. Um, so, you know, what it's, what's really important is the fact that you kind of can express who you are as a person. Um, obviously, you know, your, your, your transcript and your standardized test scores, if you decide to submit them, you know, 
give it, you know, give a give a glimpse of who you are as a student. But that's not that's not the only thing that we're focused on. Um, you know, we want to see growth and passion and 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 an impact to the community because that's one thing you know that that we're doing as an institution. We are bringing you into the Miami community um, because we want you to make positive you know contributions to you know Oxford and beyond. Um, so those so those are some of the different things that that we're really looking at. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about the college essay, but um, once again, you know, you want to talk, you, you, we want to talk about, you know, really growth in your college essay. And yes, of course, a number, there are a number of challenges that students face while they're going through high school, whether that's via, you know, talking about the pandemic or, um, you know, a multitude of other struggles. And, you know, that is an important thing to discuss. But what we also want to know is how have you learned and how have you grown from those different challenges? Um, and how will you use that experience to, you know, further your growth when you do step foot on a college campus? Well, those are great pieces of advice, and I like how you touch upon quality over quantity. Absolutely. Like you said, some students realize in junior year that maybe they didn't participate in too many activities, so they'll show up to a club just to put on an activity sheet that they were part of 10, 12, 14 clubs, when in fact, if you're a part of three clubs, four clubs, five clubs, and you took on leadership roles, and to your point, you can quote-unquote talk about experiences you could speak to, that's far more important than just listing 12 things as opposed to having four. And again, emphasizing the quality over the quantity. So thank you so much for that comprehensive answer. I really appreciate it. And Tyler, I know Miami, Ohio is in fact test optional. How does leaving out the test scores in schools that are test optional influence financial aid awards on the merit-based side? Absolutely. So in regards to test optional, it really depends on the academic profile of, of, of a student. I always kind of like to use this as an example. If a student is, let's say, for example, a four, has a 4.0 GPA, um, but maybe didn't score as highly you know, on their, on their standardized test score. I know I provided the, midi, the middle 50% of admitted Miami students. So let's say hypothetically, an admitted student has a 22 on their ACT. And that, you know, in that case, we'd probably, you know, I'd probably advise a student that it wasn't entirely necessary for them to submit their standardized test score because we are going to primarily focus on that GPA in regards to, you know, determining merit-based scholarship. Now, on the other hand, maybe a student has a little bit of a lower GPA. Uh, maybe they have a three point, you know, a 3.0 GPA, but maybe they scored around a, you know, a 33 on their ACT, for example. Um, you know, that ACT number is a number that we're going to use to, you know, to determine their, their merit-based scholarship. Um, so, you know, it really, like I said, it, re it really sort of, it really sort of depends. Um, if you do, you know, achieve, you know, if you do well in your standardized test score and, and you also have a high GPA, which is, you know, pretty common, um, it will be advantageous to, you know, to submit both because the more tools that we have, you know, the more, inf the more information that we have to make a decision in regards to, to merit-based scholarship. Um, and I, I think that's something that, you know, maybe not all students are aware of. It's not necessarily, I think students that are, that are test optional or that decide to go test optional, maybe think that, you know, we're marking with a red pen who, who submits their standardized test score and who doesn't, that's not the case. If it was, we wouldn't be test optional. Um, but at the same time, if, if you feel like it is a good representation of who you are as a student, uh, that can absolutely, you know, work in your advantage in regards to, you know, to, to determining merit-based scholarship, um, so that's, you know, in regards to test optional, that's that's really my biggest piece of advice. And then on top of that, you know, as I mentioned previously, applying early action, once again, it's non-binding um, and you are, you know, you do have access to that first, you know, that first merit scholarship uh, consideration, um, I think is something that all students should should take advantage of. 
Um, so hopefully that provides some color in regards to, you know, test optional, because I know there are some very murky waters and uncertainty at times in, in what that <laughs> truly means. Yeah, it definitely provides a lot of insight and information. And I really appreciate that. And, uh, and as a follow-up, can you share the percentage of students that apply and are ultimately admitted that did not, in fact, submit their test scores? Absolutely. So even though we are test optional, we did see around 65% of our students um, submit standardized test scores uh, that, that were admitted. So, you know, we are still seeing a, a relatively high number. And once again, I think that speaks to the academic quality of the students that we are receiving. So, you know, I, I do want to reiterate that we are test optional for a reason. It's not, it, it is it is not a requirement, but a lot of students, you know, that, that are coming to Miami are proud of their test scores. They think it's a really great reflection of who they are as students. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, it's more information for the admissions counselor. In a holistic application review, you really are balancing different things, right? We are looking at your growth as a student. We're looking at, you know, academic rigor, for example. Um, we're looking at your student activities and leadership opportunities, involved, involvement in, com in community. And, you know, that additional test score, if it's a really good representation of who you are as a student, use it to your advantage, right? If, if you think this is a repre representation of who you are as a student, um, then absolutely feel free to submit it. Um, but at the same time, if you know if you don't, I don't want students to feel discouraged behind it because once again, we are test optional. There are still a number of different things that we are looking at in your college application. Understood. And Tyler, do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcripts, or do you recalculate using your own metrics? And if so, any insight that you could share with us would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. So if your high school does weight your GPA, that is the that is the GPA that we'll be using when um, reviewing your 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 um, application. If your student does not weight your G, if your high school does not weight your GPA, um, that is something that we will calculate uh, on our own. Um, we are on the 4.0 scale, but obviously we can go above that um, if students have you know take you know APs or I IBs or um, you know dual enrollment classes or anything of of, of that nature. Um, but once again, if uh, you know if you are um, you know, if your high school does weight your GPA, um, that is something that, you know, we will take from your transcript and, and will be part of your application review. Understood, Tyler. And a student's activity sheet, of course, is another piece of their application. What are the kinds of things you're looking for beyond the work they completed in the classroom? Absolutely. And I know, uh, you know, I was speaking to a little bit to this before, but it's really leadership and, um, you know, experience that you could really talk about. Um, not every student is necessarily, you know, the most, so, you know, the most social person in the entire world. And a lot of these things take growth. Um, but over time, let's say you get involved in a club in your freshman year of high school, but you've progressively grown throughout that club. Maybe you started as a member and then your junior year, you're the president of a club. That's fantastic. That's something that we want to, that we want to see. We want to see growth because let's say, let's say you're a student council president, you know, throughout high school. Well, we're expecting those students to want to grow even more once they set foot at Miami. Um, so, you know, I think that's something that once again, as opposed to being a participant in 20 different clubs, we really want, we'd, we'd much rather see you involved in maybe four or five that, you know, has taken up a lot of your time really. And, you know, it's something that you're passionate about and something that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be something you plan on continuing um, once you are, you know, once you are, uh, you know, you step foot on, 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 onto our campus, but at the same time, you know, this is going to be a reflection of who you are, you know, 
you know, as a, you know, as a person, as a member of the community. So, you know, there's so many different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied to school. There are students getting involved in community-based organizations, or uh, maybe there are some different religious affiliations, and there's not really a limit in things that you can get involved in. Um, but once again, we want to see passion. We want to see your ability to speak on it. Um, co- you know, Talking about uh, different ways that you've gotten involved in your community is a great topic to talk about in college essays. Um, and then leadership experience as well. There's, you know, no matter what the club is, um, admissions counselors will never, you know, will, will never, you know, discount leadership experience. And, and, and no matter, you know, no matter what avenue it is, and no matter what passion, um, you know, you have. Well, we really appreciate that, Tyler. Thank you so much. And I was also curious, how important are students' grades in senior year? And what are you looking for when reviewing them? Absolutely. So when students are, uh, when, when they submit their application, whether that's there, whether they apply early, uh, early decision or early action, we are primarily looking at their freshman through uh, through junior year grades. Um, we are looking for growth. We are looking for, you know, academic rigor. We want to, you know, we want to see that you're challenging yourself um, and obviously performance as well. I think that goes without saying. Um, but, you know, I, I think that in regards to, you know, your senior year grades, I mean, whether you are admitted, you know, early decision or early action, you will eventually need to submit a um, a final transcript, which is a you know, a, which is a reflection um, of you know, kind of how you finished off your, your year. And and you know, it's I'd say it's it's very rare that you know it, we're going to revoke an, an off you know a, a letter of uh, of acceptance. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think it's something that all students should you know take into account that. You know, just because we're looking at your freshman through junior grades, not to not to necessarily, you know, quote unquote, slack off your senior year. Your senior year is a great opportunity to protect to to, to practice the life of a college student. Whether that's taking ABs, whether that's taking IBs, you know, dual enrollment classes. This is your senior year is really your bridge from high from high school to college, and what part of being prepared for college is understanding that. Um, you will not see a drop off in, you know, college, it, it, academics don't necessarily get, get easier once you, when, you know, once you leave high school, but at the same time, you're working towards studying something that you're really passionate about, whether that's business, engineering, um, so I, I mean, there are so many different things that you can focus on. So really your senior year is that time to take into account, you know, maybe start thinking about some of those things that you want to study. Now, you don't have to know what your major is. You don't even necessarily have to know what your major is your freshman, you know, throughout your freshman year. Uh, Miami University offers something called the Global Miami Plan, which all students participate in, regardless of their major, where, you know, they have their their um, their core curriculum um, and some of those prerequisites for, for their particular, you know, uh, area of study. But they're also taking classes in the liberal arts that are maybe outside their, their um their particular interests. So, um, you know, going back to your senior year, it's a really, it's, it's a good time to start that exploration academically. And, you know, for some students, um, if they aren't directly into admitted to Miami, maybe they're, you know, they're put on a, on a wait list, for example, or, um, their enrollments or their, um, acceptance has, um, been uh, deferred, for example. Um, you know, it, 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 we will look at those second, those first half senior year grades. Um, so, you know, it really, it really does sort of depend, but, you know, my biggest piece of advice to any student, whether you're admitted or whether you're, you know, put on a wait list, um, finish your senior year strong. Um, there is absolutely no downside to it. Um, it is going to prepare you for that next step in college. And um, it's going to, if, if you, you know, 
if you are, you know, on a wait list, it's another, once again, another piece of information that we could utilize um, to advocate for your admission to Miami. Well, I appreciate that. And I was also curious, does Miami accept AP, IB, or dual enrollment classes for credit? We absolutely do. Um, if students if students visit our website, uh, miamioh.edu, uh, they can they can search um, AP and IB um, requirements and in, in different you know you know whether that's a three a three in English transfers to a, a particular credit or a three in um, you know AP biology for example. Um, so we will absolutely accept those credits AP IB. Uh, dual enrollment, college credit plus, um, those are those are those are all uh, you know different categories that we will look at, um, and students are eligible for you know for credit. And I really do advise any students that are interested in learning about the correlation between specific classes um, or AP and IB classes and their correlation to um, uh, different classes at Miami to absolutely visit our website. Well, we appreciate that, Tyler. Thank you so much. And I want to get back to the overall application. Of course, the college essay, right? What are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? In other words, when you read them, you thought this kid has to be on campus at Miami University. Absolutely. So from a holistic perspective, I'm going to say the word growth one more time, and and it really is important. Your college essay is to talk about your growth and your passions. Um, I always use the game-winning uh, touchdown example. <laughs> so many students I've ta- I've read essays about. You know, they've they played a sport and you know they've won the big game, um, and that you know that that particular game was really tough. Um, but on top of that, you know, they may not necessarily talk about what they have taken away from that experience. And I'd say from a foundational perspective. That's what we want to see. I mean, listen, I love sports. I, I'm, I'm always interested in, in reading about sports, for example. But, you know, I put my when I'm reading a college essay, I put my sports fan hat on the side and I, you know, I'm wearing my, my college admissions counselor hat. Um, and once again, you know, talking about the application in whole, this is giving a glimpse of who you are going to be, you know, once you step foot on, on, on onto Miami's campus. So, um yeah, maybe you threw a game-winning touchdown, or maybe you had a really, you know, you had a, an injury, for example, in football, um, and you're really discouraged by that. Um, but what we want to learn about is, you know, how have you taken that experience, this challenging experience in your life? How have you overcome that, and what have you learned from that? Uh, obviously, throughout the last few years, so many different students were faced, you know, significant challenges physically, mentally. Um, socially in regards to COVID-19. And that is something that 100% we all understand. We've all been through. Having said that, once again, we don't want to necessarily always be all doom, doom and gloom. And even if it was an experience that was overly negative, we want to focus on that growth. I can't stress that enough. Um, my biggest piece of advice for a college essay is make it personal. Your transcript and your standardized test scores, if you decide to admit them, is who, that's 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 how we find out who you are as a student. As I mentioned, the application is not just finding out who you finding out about who you are as a student; it's finding out who you are as a person and a potential member of the Miami community. Your college essay is your opportunity to talk about what 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 type of member of your community that you you, you are going to be. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's difficult to because I've read so many different college essays, it, it's hard to really pick out one, um, just because so, there are so many different amazing stories that I've learned about students' opportunities to grow. Um, but make it, my, my biggest piece of advice is to make it personal. 
um, make sure that's something you could talk about. And once again, if that's a student activity, that's a bond that you have with um, a family member or a friend. Um, there are just, I know some students may be stressed out about it, but there are so many different things that you could pick up, pick out um, in regards to, you know, in, in, in regards to topics. And, and that's, you know, we don't want to cap students off in regards to talking about the things that they're interested in and they, they want to talk about. Once again, um, it's your opportunity to tell us who you are as a person. So, um, you know, I know I didn't, I, I didn't necessarily identify a particular essay, um, but that's only because there are so many different options that you can talk about um, in order to discuss your growth and your eventual contribution to a college campus. Well, your answer is terrific because you gave the example of talking, for example, about something that happened on the athletic field. And many times students just explain what happened, but they neglect to talk about how it affected them. What was their reflection? What was their thought process through it? What did they learn from it, right? To give insight in terms of who they are as a person, their character, their thought process, their reflection. So even though you didn't, you didn't mention a specific example, you gave an overview and deep insight in terms of what the students need to consider you know, when approaching the essay. So we really appreciate that, Tyler. Great job, and thank you again. Tyler, does Miami University offer any supports for students that may have had an IEP or 504 in high school? And if so, can you explain what you offer? Absolutely. So our um, Miller uh, Testing Center uh, and Ronella Testing Center are two resources where students that have any IEPs or any sort of um, uh, disabilities that they want to address and you know work through while they are at Miami University, then um, you know those two different resources are available to you. Now, what I always say is, you know, if a student is admitted to Miami, um, there is documentation. Once again, if you go to miamioh.edu and you literally search IEP, if a student is admitted to Miami University, all they need to do, and the link takes you directly to, um, you know, the, uh, the Miller Testing Center, um, but it will um, allow you to fill out information, you know, providing more insight to, towards your IEP. Um, and that's something that, you know, a student will have advantage as soon as they step foot on their freshman year. And that really goes for all students as well. I think I always like to talk about mental health and wellness. It's such an important part of, you know, not only, I mean, it's important to everyone's, everyone's individual lives, but it's especially important to college students as well, especially for students that are going to be on the, living on their own for the first time, especially for, for a lot of out-of-state students that I'm sure are, that, that I'm sure are listening right now. Um, and those are once again, those are those are you know items that you can once again address before you step foot and before you know you step foot in Miami. Any students that um, want to have a better understanding of what exactly that looks like, um, and you know they don't necessarily know how to get to those resources. Um, I will advise every you know everyone listening to this podcast right now in the New York area, for example, or New Jersey or Pennsylvania. Me personally, I will be your your, your main resource. So um, I'm not sure if you'll be able to drop my email address, for example, in the you know in the description. If not, you can once again you can find me on the website as well. Um, you know, and if, if and that goes really for any resource. If if you want more information, you know, um, feel free to contact me. And as a general overall an overall rule of thumb is to you know try to identify early in the process who your admissions counselor is, um, because we are your main points of communication. We understand that the college search process and college application process can be stressful, um, but our job is really to make it a little bit easier for you and point you in the right direction. Um, you know, I always say that admissions counselors like myself, we know a, a little bit about a lot. So, no, maybe we're not going to be able to walk through, you know, what exactly, um, you know, uh, your 
you know, biology 101 class is going to look like starting from fall and ending, you know, ending, um, you know, in, uh, in the winter. But, you know, we can put you in touch with that, you know, electrical engineering professor or that, you know, marketing professor. Um, I know I can speak in Miami how helpful our faculty is in, you know, the recruitment process. You know, they love talking about or, you know, talking with potential students. Um, so I know I kind of expanded beyond that. But um, but yeah, I think once again, you know, the, all the resources are there for you to notify our, um, our our support staff to make sure that once you step foot on campus, you're not searching that process. You know, you've already identified what that department looks like. And you know where to go to in order to seek out those resources once you do step foot on campus. Well, we appreciate that, Tyler. And I want you to know that I always put the Office of Undergraduate Admissions in the show notes. If there are any other resources, information that you would like to share with students and parents, just send it to me. And of course, I'll make it available in the podcast show notes. Thank you so much for that. And Tyler, what about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? Absolutely. So my biggest piece of advice is and not to defer, not to defer this question in any in any, you know, by any means necessary, but um, division one programs such as Miami University usually go through their own type of recruitment process that's really handled through the athletic office. If you are interested in learning more about participating in a division one athletic program. Um, once again, you know, Miami's athletic website, we literally provide all our coaches email addresses out there and, you know, they do receive a number of different inquiries and I cannot necessarily guarantee that they're always going to reply back because they are extremely busy. Um, but, you know, if you want to indicate your interest, um, you, you can feel free to, um, you know, reach out to any of those different, um, any of those different resources on our athletic website. Now, having said that at a division one program like Miami, there are so many different ways to get involved, whether that's competing in Division One sports, whether that's competing in our club sports. I mean, we have eight, we have over a hundred, uh, you know, uh, uh, nationally ranked club sports that travel all over the country. It's almost like a Division One sport, but not the same type of, um, you know, the uh, pressures that you'll face as a Division One athlete. Um, they're usually student-run clubs as well, um, but still at a really high level. I mean, our club sports have won a number of different national championships. Um, and then, if, you know, if you're looking for something a little bit more, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, just stress free altogether or something that you just want to, you know, have a good time with your roommates or, or, or classmates or, or anything like that. We have a variety of different intramural sports ranging from softball all the way to um, Quidditch. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there there's literally an intramural sport for everyone, all different competition levels. Um, but I always say, you know, and, and these are probably pretty standard things if you you're a prospective Division One athlete. I think it's always good to have, you know, kind of have highlights and, and, and different posts to your link. You can reuse, utilize social media, um, you know, in a, in a, for Miami, uh, you know, if you do want to, um, you know, be a little bit more direct and a little bit more forward, um, you know, feel free to go on our athletic website and, and contact our, our different athletic coaches. But uh, once again, another great thing about Miami, whether it's competing at a division one level or just playing, you know, play, playing a softball game or volleyball game with, uh, you know, your, with, with your roommates. Um, there is something for every level of competition, which our students absolutely love. Well, we appreciate that overview and all of the great advice. Thank you so much, Tyler. And it leads us to our last question. So Tyler, what are your top three pieces of advice for students and parents who are getting ready for the college admissions process? Absolutely. So one of these, my first one I already talked a little bit about, but utilize you identify and utilize your admissions counselor. Once again, we are your main point of contact. 
but we're also your advocate too. I think that's one thing that a lot of students maybe don't necessarily know. Um, a lot of students, uh, may, whether it's, you know, financial aid or um, maybe they want it, you know, maybe they feel like their um, application isn't exactly, you know, rep, you know, a representation of who they truly are as a student. Now, that doesn't necessarily, you know, ensure anything in regards to guaranteed admission or, or anything like that. Um, but, you know, it allows us to provide a little bit more color. You know, admissions counselors usually go through something um, called the admissions uh, committee, where, you know, we will sit with um, administration and, you know, we, we can state our case for why we think a student on the wait list or a student that was, um, you know, initially deferred admission, um, you know, why they are going to be a positive contribution to the Miami community. And what that really means is, you know, identifying your, um, you know, who that admission counselor is, letting them know of your interest. Um, and while, you know, we are a large institution, we don't necessarily, you know, we don't necessarily track demonstrated interest. Um, once again, you letting us know your interest in Miami is something that allows us to advocate for you in a variety of different ways. So anyone that's listening, whether that's Miami, whether that's any school, identify who your admissions counselor is, send a quick note, introduce yourself. Um, and it's a great way just to always be, you know, always be present of mind. So um, once again, that's, that's sort of my first piece of feedback. Um, my second biggest piece of advice, and I know some parents and, or some students may roll their eyes a little bit, but I promise, I promise you this is as genuine as it comes. Try to enjoy the process. When you're seven, when you're 17, 18 years old, or 16, 17 years, years old, you are not going to have this opportunity. You're not going to have this opportunity to visit so many different college campuses. And I know that you may be nervous about writing college essays and getting letters of recommendation, but this is all for your future. And, you know, it's, it's really, you know, going to college is being excited about the journey. Um, and what's great about the college search process is you have the opportunity to visit a number of different schools that are different from one another. And I know that students, you know, maybe in their mind, they have a dream school and that's great. I don't want to discourage that whatsoever, but be open-minded because each institution is so much different from one another. Even if they are relative, even if, you know, maybe they're both smaller liberal arts schools or they're large public schools, each student is unique in their own way. Um, and I think that's something that students really need to take advantage of. Um, so, you know, go into each school, you know, you know, go into each school or each campus visit with an open mind um, because there truly isn't um, a negative college experience. You're going to take away learning something, whether you, you know, when, whether you enjoyed the college campus or not. Um, so try to really try your best to, when you're on a college visit, you know, try to, try to, you know, compartmentalize maybe some of the different stressful things. Um, because when you, when you leave that college campus or that campus tour of that, of your, you know, your new dream school, for example, you're going to be really excited to write that college essay more times than not. Um, so that's a, you know, a really big piece of advice. Um, and, you know, last but not least, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, um, fill out the FAFSA, but that's another, just, I guess, side <laughs> note. That's like my number four, fill out the FAFSA. Um, I think it's always really important, you know, for, if you're if interested in receiving financial aid, whether that's federal or merit scholarship, there is no downside to filling out the FAFSA. But, you know, once again, that's probably pretty general. I hope a lot of students are already aware of that. Um, but you know, I think what's really important, and once again, I touched on this before, is students that are listening to this, maybe they're sophomores, maybe they're juniors, you know, get involved now. Once again, I don't think it's ever too late. Um, whether that's in a club, whether that's in an organization outside of campus, whether that's in an athletic program, 
go through the process of trying different things, identifying what you like, identifying what you dislike, um, because it, you know, it's going to help once you're on, you know, once you step foot onto a college campus, you're going to identify those different clubs, um, you know, that you may have an interest in. And, you know, on top of that, that's for any senior, the incoming seniors that maybe feel like they don't have that experience yet. Well, once again, you know, get involved now and you have a, you know, you have a college essay once again to talk about those areas of growth. And, you know, I think that's something that I always notice when I'm reviewing a college, college essay or, 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 you know, those, those, those point, those aha moments, if you will, where you've identified, okay, maybe I'd want to improve on something, but these are the actions I'm taking to do it. And, you know, this is what I've learned from that experience. Um, and if you do that, if you go through that, those sort of growth exercises now and identifying different areas um, and different and just trying different things once you are in high school, um, I, 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 I highly doubt there's going to be a negative experience for that, even if it's an activity that you're not necessarily passionate about. Um, you know, once again, always being a growth mindset um, that doesn't stop in college, but it's definitely enhanced as you're, you know, as, as you are going through high school. Um, as you are going through your college search process and, you know, going with that really open mind is something that is, is going to work in your favor, um, once you do step foot into a college campus. So, um, once again, I know those are all really long winded. Some people's heads may be spinning a little bit. I apologize. These are just things that, you know, one of my, my, the reason that I'm in, 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 in the line of work that I'm in is because I love working with incoming students, prospective students, obviously talking about the benefits of Miami education, um, but really just helping with the college search process, you know, um, there are so many different options that are at your disposal and I know it may seem stressful and overwhelming, but, uh, a lot of, you know, it's, uh, students that are listening to this podcast, there is an exciting journey on the other side of this process and start working towards that, start, start building up that excitement. Um, because I promise you at the end of this college search process, once you do get that first acceptance letter, that gratification is going to, it is going to settle in and, and, and then it's really all about excitement, um, you know, leading up to, to stepping foot on campus. So um, once again, you know, there are just so many exciting things that students listening to this podcast are, are, are embracing right now. And, you know, I just want to be, I just want to further advocate for that um, because, you know, college truly is an, an, an unbelievable time for exploration in your life. Well, that's why we're all here because we want to hear your insight. We want to hear your advice based on all the expertise that you have and the work that you do each and every day for our students and their parents. Tyler, this has been an amazing conversation and I'm extremely happy because I know it's helping so many students and their parents. I can't thank you enough for your time, your commitment, and all your expertise that you share with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.